What is up, guys? Welcome back to No Reserves Radio, football edition. We are here to kick off season two, which Alex just found out about literal days ago that we would be kicking off season two. So how do you feel? Hey, what is up, guys? Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Uh, Just was a part of a few episodes in season one, hoping to be a part of many more in season two and to make this a, a good one for us and for all our, our all our listeners. So, I know you said you weren't part of many, but part of what we did to wrap up season 1 was um give some reminisce of all the things that happened over the course of season 1 and actually you were brought up at least once and um Ren really praised for how good you are at marketing and how like much better our numbers have been since the football Dis- or discourse since the football show has started so is there any like thing you want to add to kind of close out season one uh, just, i'm just just really glad that you that you guys brought me in uh I, i'm glad to be a part of the of this experience of this ride uh yeah i mean marketing is close to my to my area of expertise uh that's my my field of of studies basically um and yeah i'm i'm usually pretty entrenched in a few a few groups i hope some of them are are listening to us constantly um and yeah just just thank you guys that's basically it perfect so starting off season two we are going to actually talk about the preseason today and we are going to talk about some of the news around the nfl um, one thing I will mention with the start of season two is we have turned on most forms of monetization. So there's now going to be a donate button or there may even be ads depending on when you're listening to this in the future. So season two comes with changes, but let's kick it off with a bit of the news today. Apparently, I'm going to start with the digs news. Um, Stephen A. Smith reported that Diggs has grown tired of Buffalo and he no longer believes in them and that he is requesting a trade. I'm going to add that Diggs has responded to this and said that it's a nothing burger, that he doesn't know where Stephen A. Smith got those sources and that it's, it's basically bogus. So... I kind of want to get your feelings on that, because usually when something comes out, someone wanted that to come out. And if that's not Diggs, who was it, do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's that's usually true. I mean, if we if we go back to, to last last season uh, when they were eliminated from the playoffs, you could see that he was he was a bit mad at the whole team. And it's understandable. I mean, they have a lot of potential. They have a great QB. But the offense seems to to just they like got that. rocked by the Bengals. I loved yeah. watching that game. Yeah, and they just seem to like that that last few stretches to actually make a championship game and so on. So I mean, yeah, Diggs is is I mean it's 
dude was pretty sentimental back in in Minnesota as well. He has that that will to win, and that's what what drive them what drive them out of of Minnesota. And I can understand. I mean, it was a tough loss back then, but I mean, I I struggle to see it right now. I was actually on the camp that he might ask out, but probably like early preseason, like before the draft or so on. Not right now. Right now, I don't see it. I think, uh, I mean, someone wanted it out there or maybe it was just to create a news. I mean, you know, all those those radio those radio talk ads do and those big media guys do to, to get all of that attention. Uh, you know that sometimes they can fabricate stuff. But I mean, if he's citing a source, a source close to him told him, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't see the Bills doing that. Uh, it has to be someone. It has to be someone in that Bills front office. I mean, but why though? They have actually why no one else question? besides Sticks. Why is the definite question? Um, so, could Dix be playing both sides though? Could that be it? Because I really don't see the Bills doing it because they they lack other weapons around Josh Allen to actually move Diggs. But I mean, besides Diggs, yeah. I don't. Think anyone I, else could could throw that news out there? That's something I want to talk about, and this is probably going to annoy Ren because I know he hates the term. What is it? News broadcaster or sports broadcaster or something like that? But we're all that now. I think that you know how last episode you said that like they're good in fantasy, so we think they're good in real life. Yeah. I think a bit of that applies to Josh Allen. And I don't think, don't take this out of context. I think Josh Allen is a great quarterback, but he doesn't seem to have the same, like, mystique or same aura as Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And and we alluded to that. It seems like, and I don't, I, I would have to check stats, but it seems like he turns the ball over too much in those critical games as opposed to Burrow and as opposed to Mahomes. I would have to check the stats, but just from watching the games, his turnovers either feel way more impactful or way more devastating, or he does it more. And, and it's also, I mean, we've talked about that uh, when we talk about uh, the QBs, and we, we both had, like, Burrow had of him. Because yep. we feel like Burrow has that it factor, yep. uh, that aura, as you said, that the all Allen to me doesn't. Uh, and I mean, there was a good a good article that I read like a few days ago uh, from Warren Sharp, Sharp I believe, um, that mentioned like the differences between like two very explosive NFL offenses like the Chiefs and the Bills, and how, how one of them managed to have sustained su- success in the league. And the other just kind of seems to to never achieve those preseason heights that they are taught to to have, and the big difference is that he that he spotted it's because of the red zone efficiency. Like the Bills' offense is incredibly like good oh. in actually deep deep threat situations, deep passes, but like struggles really uh, really quite a bit in the I, the red zone situation. I have a theory, or I guess a concept of why that is. If you're if you're done, I'll I'll go into that. Yeah, you can go. So, so Patrick Mahomes is someone who is going to throw to get yardage. 
when the Bills get into the red zone, you see a lot more of design run plays to try to get Josh Allen to push it into the the red zone. I think that might have something to do with it. Because, yes, you have to worry about... Patrick Mahomes isn't a statue out there. You still have to worry about Patrick Mahomes moving. But Patrick Mahomes' threat to pass it and Andy Reid's schemes, like their running backs, their running backs get a crap ton of targets in the red zone. That just doesn't happen with Buffalo. Buffalo's offense seems more stagnant. It seems like it's more read option with Josh Allen. And that's about it. Jump ball to Stefan Dix. Like, it seems like Kansas City's offense, whether that be because of Andy Reid or because of all the weapons, or maybe that's just because what Josh Allen is versus what Patrick Mahomes is, that's probably why. Because Josh Allen doesn't throw it as much as Patrick Mahomes does. And he doesn't have the same angles. He doesn't have the same creativity as far as throwing goes. And Burrow has that to an extent, too. Yeah, and I think like the big differences between the two uh, is, as you said, it's like the differences in coaches. I mean, we cannot undermine how how great Andy Reid is. It's probably like a top two coach in the league right now. That's because I'm still giving a lot of credit to Bill Belichick. But I mean, he's the best coach right now. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm just giving too much credit to Bill, uh, and that is probably like number two coach in the league right now. And Andy Reid is probably the first. But, I mean, it's just a gap in coaching, I believe, and that's what you, you see in the so? playoffs a lot. Yeah, I think it's it's the big gap between him and Sean McDermott. That's I mean, Sean turned that team turned that team around, around but still, uh, I think the differences in coaching is massive, especially. And you don't notice a lot with the, when it, it's in season because the Bills are a pretty good team, and Allen is a pretty good QB. Uh, if not, it's an elite QB. I'm I'm undermining him here. Yeah, he is. Uh, but I mean, uh, when those playoff moments come and like when the the going gets tough, you just you just see who the really good coaches are, and you can just see the difference between a scheme that is built by Andy Reid and a scheme that is built like Sean. Uh, and you just know that like my counterpoint Andy, to Andy that develops. is yeah. My counterpoint to that is. You're still the quarterback, dude. If Josh Allen was that dude, maybe he should audible out of those calls into something that can work. I mean, but we have seen countless times that the running game, although not super important, it's pretty important to have in the playoffs, especially like in those in those late stages of the playoffs, like having a successful run game. It's important. And I don't think Sean ever really managed to scheme that well the run game. That's why they always seem to struggle. I guess uh, that's, and... that's a difference in view because I, there have been so many games where Zach Taylor will call something and, and Joe Burrow will look at everything and he'll look at the sideline. He'll just call a timeout because he didn't like the look. You need to do things like that. Uh, it, I mean, it, I think... It's both. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think Allen sort of does that as well. That's the stats here. To, to prove that, but from where I've seen, I think he also does that. But the difference is, like, they never sustain that run game. To me, that's one big difference between them, the Bengals, and the, the Chiefs. That's why the Bengals and the Chiefs are constantly going to those late stages, going to the Super Bowl. And, I mean, the Bills always fail in doing so. And I think it's been an emphasis this offseason 
you could see from the reports uh, with James Cook being used more and being used in different ways, they seem to really want to to go with uh, a more run-centric and not just being Allen the running back, but being like an actual, having an actual run game, uh, which they seem to lack the last few years. Uh, and I mean, maybe the changes this year with the, the emphasis in the run game. But to me, that's the real big differences between the, the Bills and the team like the Chiefs and the Bengals. Not only do I think Mahomes and Burrow has that aura to them that Josh doesn't, uh, but I mean, there's also that coaching difference that I end up scheming. I mean, some coaches just aren't that good in some parts of the game, and I think it's one part that Sean really struggles in. Uh, and that's the main differences between those three teams to me. I don't know, man. <laughs> you, I know you said the running back game with the Bengals, but our offensive line has looked terrible the last few years. So maybe that's, maybe that's Joe Mixon. Maybe that's some scheming. But if you want to go, who has the more talented roster, Kansas City or Buffalo? I think it's Buffalo. And if you want to go, who has the more talented roster, Cincinnati or Buffalo? I still think it's Buffalo. There's no reason. I'm sorry. There is no excuse. Josh Allen does not have a Super Bowl appearance right now. There is none. I'd make an argument that maybe the Cincinnati roster is better than the Buffalo offense. Their Buffalo roster. Can you, though? I mean, I think so. I mean, receiving-wise, I think you have them beat. I mean... Yep. Offensive line, they got us beat. Offensive line, but I don't think it's by that much. You clearly, they clearly have you beat, but I don't think it's by that much. Defensive uh, line, they have us. Maybe do they? Secondary, though? they have us. They do got they a Von Miller. Miller. We don't. I mean, you have a, a Trey Hendrickson. <laughs> Trey Henderson? Is that what you're going to say? We have a Trey Hendrickson? Trey I Henderson mean, is good. Trey Henderson is not Von Miller. But I mean, it's pretty good. And then you have on the other side, you also have a good edge. Uh, Sam Hubbard. Sam Hubbard, yeah, I just I just remembered like Shuba Hubbard. I knew it was <laughs> Hubbard, but didn't remember the first name. Yeah, <laughs> Sam Hubbard. And I mean, yeah, Sam Hubbard. <laughs> secondary wise, you you took some hits this off season. You lost both starting safeties. Yes. But, I mean, I don't think it's that different. I think it is. They have White. They have Poyer. They have. There's another safety. I'm forgetting. Micah Hyde. Like. Micah Hyde. Yeah. I'm sorry. Their secondary. Is better. Their line marking. Our defense plays better. Our defense plays a lot better than theirs. But on paper, it shouldn't. I mean, that's coaching then. Maybe you're right. Yeah. I mean. (laughs) All right. That was a long first bit of the news. (laughs) (laughs) So, a a second bit of the news is Josh Jacobs will reportedly. Head to Raiders camp before week one or, or at week one. He'll be there. That's that's basically what the news is. He'll be there for the start of the season. So is this a no duh? Is this a you're glad? How I mean, do you feel about this? I thought it was always like the rational choice. I mean, those guys in the in the fifth year deal and the franchise tag and so on, they don't really have an incentive not to play. Because mm-hmm. they won't get any money, they won't get a cent from their contracts, and uh, I mean the team can just franchise tag them again next year. So they really don't have an incentive to hold out. 
uh, I mean, I thought it was always the answer, especially, I mean, if you're talking about 10, 12 million dollars, that's a lot for a season. And I mean, we saw running backs like Le'Veon Bell and so on holding out and then clearly they didn't pan out. If the teams don't want a 25 or 26 I mean, year old running back, they it probably out, want to he got paid. Out. It panned out, he got paid. He just didn't I, perform after he got paid. Yeah, I mean, didn't pan out for the rest of his career. And now teams are, are more sharp than the, the teams before war, especially like the that Jets team. Um, and I mean, if teams don't want to pay running backs right now when they're 25 or 26, they probably don't want to pay him when they're 27 and they didn't play for a year. So, yeah, I think it was it was always like what was going to happen. And we'll see uh, what happens next year, basically. Do you think it's going to be the same situation with Jonathan Taylor? We're going to get a news break in the next week. Jonathan Taylor reports to camp ahead of week one. I mean, yeah, I think I think Jonathan Taylor has been slated to travel with the team to the next preseason game as well. So I think okay. he's on track. I didn't think he would play, but he seems to be on track too. So, yeah. I mean, would it the same logic there. you have with Jacobs applied to Taylor, though? No, because of the difference in money would be my my main guess because i mean you're talking about like four to five million to jonathan taylor when uh, and like most of it isn't guaranteed it's by salary like mm-hmm. four or so and in jacob's case it was all guaranteed and it was like around 12 so i mean i always thought jt would eld in basically like play many injuries so on just avoid the nfi then maybe if, even if he goes on IR, it doesn't matter because the contract has run out and he can either sign a new contract or get a franchise tag. And at that point, it's the same 12, 13. So it's a no-brainer to, to play for that. It was mainly the difference in money, in my opinion, that made the the, the situations that had different. But yeah, it seems to, to, be, to, to be ready to play. So fooled me there. And the, the Colts are a bit better. But who? I mean, the Colts the... are a bit better with him on the team. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, you can argue that for the Raiders. The Raiders are better with Josh Jacobs on the field, too. I mean, of course, of course, yeah. I agree, though. So, it's... that is just about it for the news, at least anything that I want to talk about. There is one thing on here that I see that kind of goes into the main topics, which, I mean, I guess we can talk about that. Um which is CBS Sports reporting that the Colts make the curious decision to not play Anthony Richardson. That's mostly because of joint, like additional joint practices. That's not yeah. anything to worry about, correct? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the, the coach or even Anthony Richardson mentioned it, but it was basically because he had like back-to-back practices, uh, like full-on practices against the, the other team. So the legs were feeling a tad tired, so no point in risking his health. I do want to talk about another piece of news here, uh, that it was okay. the signing of Jadavian Clowney by the Ravens, handing some that to that edge rotation. Nice. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I've never been a big Jadavian Clowney fan, but he always seems to, to land his gigs at around six, eight million dollars a year. And I mean, he's making his money and he seems to, to get some, some good work in. And I mean, it helps the, the the Ravens because they lost Justin Houston, who was a big veteran presence last year, and uh, the the edge room really had those many that many guys with with NFL experience, like long time vets. 
it was mostly Oda Feoe and David Ojabo. So yeah, uh, it's a good signing by them, even though I'm not a big clowny fan, but still, a good signing it's, for them. It's definitely one they're going to need, especially competing in a tough AFC North. Yeah, for sure. They need that experience. They also signed Ronald Darby. I mean, less the of a, yeah, less of a of a, a big name, but I mean, after Humphreys was sidelined for, I believe it will be like the first three or four weeks, if not mistaken. Uh, they needed that, so yeah, makes sense. One hundred percent. So there was a quarterback you wanted to talk about. Who is that? Yeah, I mean, I wanted to talk about uh, Hayden O'Connell. The Raiders uh-huh. QB, the backup Raiders QB. I mean, he, he leads been... the league in quarterback rating in the in the preseason. Yeah, he has been looking great. I mean, I've talked about him in in other episodes. Really like them as a rookie. Uh, he's one of those like NFL ready guys who are pretty old. I mean, he's twenty four. He played for Purdue, which was the same university as Brock Purdy played, if not mistaken. So, I mean, he's one of those sneaky guys who can, I mean, you know that Jimmy G is usually pretty injury injury prone. So I can see Aidan O'Connell, if having a chance, producing something close to what Purdy did. I really like him as a, pro- as a prospect. And I mean, the dude is like pretty NFL ready, in my opinion. He has a good arm. He just plays smart, doesn't try to, to do too much. And he has been having good showings in the preseason. So, yeah. So, this is this is how you know that the Raiders are... Do you think they s- debate starting O'Connell over Garoppolo? Uh, no, no chance. No, no chance? No chance? No. Okay. I, I mean, not right now. Uh, maybe in case of an injury. Uh, maybe... If, O'Connell comes in, plays well, maybe then there's a debate, or if the season is over, like, around week, what, 12 or so, I can see him playing uh, the gameplay, but, like, right now, as things stand, I don't think he he has a chance to start over Garoppolo. So, speaking of someone you just mentioned, Brock Pretty, he came back. He looked pretty good, and the 49ers offense, like... Kyle Shanahan continues to show why that 49ers offense is just easy mode. There is just so many weapons. You can't defend them all. It, it's just ridiculous. Do you yeah. take anything into Brock Pretty starting that game over Trey Lance? I mean, yeah. my The Niners have been pretty adamant that Purdy is their starter. I mean, there's even a quote from, from Shanahan that states something like, Purdy is the starter. Uh, there's, it's basically set in stone unless he completely melts in practice. And, I mean, he hasn't shown any indication that he will. My my prediction was always that Purdy would start uh, the season as the starter of the 49ers and then maybe struggle a bit early on. Uh, and having Lance come in to pick up the slack, maybe having that chance to go all the way uh, down the end of the season. But, I mean, if Purdy keeps playing like he played last year and like he played like this preseason game, I think it's... It's pretty sad that he will play the whole season as a starter. I mean, it still looks good even I mean, after the, the UCL injury, so... It's kind of hard. This is kind of... So, the more I've thought about your prediction, this is my problem with it. It has to be an injury. Because that offense is... Like I said, it's easy mode. What scenario do you think that Brock Pretty won't perform while he has Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle... 
Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Like, what? And this also goes back to things I've said previously with quarterbacks. You have to have weapons around you. The San Francisco offense is a perfect offense for any young developing quarterback. That's why Brock Purdy is able, one of the reasons why Brock Purdy is able to thrive in it. And that's why it's a question mark when you don't see Trey Lance performing it. I mean, <laughs> and you don't yeah. see Trey Lance out there. I mean, yeah, that, that's for sure. But I mean, my point with Purdy was always that it seemed to play like a bit more like a risk taker last season. And I saw a lot of plays where, I mean, the ball had pretty good chances of being intercepted and just like by pure fate or so on, or luck, it just didn't happen. So I think mm-hmm. some of those could, could regress to a mean. I mean, he had 12 interceptable passes in nine game played last year. He had 17 danger plays in nine games played. I mean, there's there's some worry there. And that's basically it for me because I think he has some some worries that, that maybe if he... If those interceptable passes do end up intercepted, you're looking at a much worse stat line and you're looking at some games that are probably lost in that, as you said, easy offense that should be like easy mode and shouldn't require a lot of of actually quarterback ability. Uh, And if he opens the door up to Lance, I think Lance can maybe take it. So that's my can my maybe prediction. take it. Can I mean, yeah. maybe take it. That's how this guy was the number three overall pick that the San Francisco 49ers paid a ransom for. Can maybe I mean, but it was a bad it? pick. It was a bad pick in the end because I mean Dudu has as less passes throughout his whole career, like high school, college, pros, than Gino had last year. I mean it's ridiculous. I thought it was really inexperienced. Uh, I didn't love the picket to start. I thought it should be. It should have been Mac Jones. Um, but I mean, Mac Jones yeah. would have been an ugly pick there. But I mean, it would not have been a pretty pick at all. Wouldn't he have been doing the same things that Property did? I mean, he was Probably. like in the race for Rookie of the Year. Mac Jones. He had a pretty solid season for the Patriots. I mean, in this system with this, so he had a defensive coordinator call in place for him. I mean, yeah, last season he had, like, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. I mean, that's terrible, dude. And in here, I think he would have really strived. And, you know, all of the reports back then, it mentioned that Kyle was really into Mac, and it was basically a GM pick to take Lance. And, I mean, GM picks, like... I mean, if it was any other team and Lance was picked where he was the team would have gone downhill and everyone would have been fired. But, I mean, it's the Niners and they just meant... Do you see how many picks they squander and they're still this good as of a team? Uh, I mean, yeah. it's, it's incredible, to be honest. A <laughs> bit maddening when you're a division rival, as I am a, a Seahawks fan. Because here's the thing. They generally understand, even if you squander a pick, their development process and their scouting is so good that... They'll hit a pick later. Yeah, they squandered Trey Lance. But they also got Brock Pretty in that draft, and he's currently starting for him. So, I mean, yeah, but the bones is there. That's the thing. The offensive line for the 49ers, great. The defensive line for the 49ers headed by Nick Bosa, great. Like, it's really easy to get things right when that is... When that's when both the offensive line and the defensive line are together, and combine that with the fact that they have like 
weapons that make you feel like you or I could be quarterback of the 49ers right now? Yeah, like... Yeah, Boza, Boza is still holding out, though, I believe. Is he? Yeah, he's waiting for the new deal. I mean, from the from Chanan's talk, it didn't seem like that big of a deal, and that the the deal was pretty close. But still, he's still holding out. I mean, to me, it's just that Purdy is a pretty big risk taker, and that it maybe can can fall on the other end, and some of those picks might have been intercepted this year, and maybe that opens the door for Lance. But that's just basically my point. I don't think, like, if Purdy plays well, I don't think Lance has a chance when he gets traded next season. Um, I mean, I still think they can get like a, a second or a third for him. Uh, there's there's potential there, and I think the the league still likes him. And you know, there's some head coaches that they want to be the guy who who saved the guy, basically, yep. who saved that like early round pick of QB. That's why Sam Darnold was still traded for as much as he was when he left the Jets. Uh, but yeah, if Purdy plays as he has been playing in preseason, yeah, he's the starter all season, and I think the the Niners do better than I have them in my in my predictions. So yeah, I mean, I have the Niners going eleven and six with the Seahawks, so I don't, I definitely don't don't sneeze in on them. So yeah. you still there? Yeah, yeah. Okay, just making sure. So, a few games that I want to talk about during the preseason. Or actually, no. No, no, no. I still need to talk about what I want to talk about. The quarterback. So, Alex. Have you seen Russell Wilson? I have. He looks... I'm not usually one to to say, oh, this guy... He looks different. Like, you can see it with your eyes. And he has performed good in the limited time that Sean Payton has put him out there. I'm starting to think it might be wheels up for the Denver offense. I mean, I'm not sure, though. Is it? I mean, is it? He looked looked decent versus the, the Niners. I don't think he looked that great, in my opinion. I think he looked decent. Uh, and, I mean, in practice, he still has struggled somewhat. I mean, I believe the, the reports from practice uh, were some interception, interceptions and slugginess by the offense in the two-minute and red zone drills in early camp. So, I mean, I still think there's there's something wrong with Russ. It wasn't just um, Hackett. I think there's still something wrong there, and that I I still don't trust their their wide receiver room and their receiving room in general. So you don't trust because uh, I don't think their weapons their weapons aren't as bad as people make them out to be. I think that Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, apparently Greg Dolchich has been amazing in camp, and the combination of Samaj P. Ryan and Javante Williams is. That's not that's not a bad offensive core. I'd argue that's better than Buffalo's core that we've talked about. Even if you take into consideration the difference between Stefan Diggs and Jerry Judy. I mean, <laughs> they are worlds apart. They're not even in the same realm of wide receiver to me. Like, Jerry Judy should not be in the same realm as Stefan Diggs. Right, but then what, what else would you take? 
I if you if you're asking me Gabe Davis or Cortland Sutton, I'm taking Cortland Sutton. What have we seen from Cortland Sutton besides that one great season, like when he was a rookie? He didn't do too bad. You can I say what like... you want. After they fired Hackett, that offense didn't look like as terrible as it did the other the first half of the season. The the offense that we lambast was under Nathaniel Hackett. Whether or not what Sean Payton said was right as far as a political and an and like a PR standpoint was right about what he said. Yeah, I mean it was, but I still think it will bite him in the ass because I don't think he will be able to save for us right now. Sutton really wasn't good last year. They lost uh, Tim Patrick again, which looked like the best wide receiver that they have. Uh, Sutton doesn't get open often. Isn't really that good in the in the fifty fifty balls as he used to be, or we thought he would be coming out as a as a prospect. Judy has those drop issues. Uh, I like Marvin Mims, the rookie, but he's still a rookie. Greg Dulcich was injured last year, I believe, to end the season. I believe he, he tore something. I'm not sure if it was the ACL. Um, and, you know, Javante is coming back from the ACL as well. He looks ready uh, and looks like I'm he makes this. concerned if he's ready. I, I, there's a reason I said Samaj P. Ryan first, because I still believe that even though he did play he didn't do any like extreme cuts in those games. I still think because he tore everything you could have basically torn. I still think that he's not a hundred percent yet. No, uh, to be to be frank, uh, Dulcich was an hamstring hamstring strain that finished this year, I believe. Yeah, um, that's not yeah. terrible. That's not what happened to to Javante. No, 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 no. no I, I had a mistake with another guy. But yeah, yeah. Javante, I still for for more reports that looks great. I, I won't believe I it until believe I see it, it in an yeah, actual exactly. game as well. Because you just know that those guys usually take a lot of time to recover from sad ACLs, even in the first year from injury. That you he didn't just tear his, his ACL. He tore, like, everything. He tore his yeah. ACL. He tore, he tore every kind of L you could tear. Every kind yeah. of ligament. Like, I, I don't believe it. I don't believe that he is 100%. And if he tells you he's 100%, I think he's lying. There's no way. There is no. I believe he could run, but I don't believe he's a hundred percent. Yeah, I don't as well. But I mean, that's all of the reports that we are getting right now. But I'm not a doctor, so I, and I'm not gonna try and pretend yeah. to be a doctor. So, and I mean, from all of the doctors that I follow, the Twitter doctors that I follow, <laughs> the Twitter uh, doctors. <laughs> yeah, it does seem like they are a bit flabber- flabbergasted by it as well. They didn't seem to think it was possible to be like as but good as it appears that he is. Because even if you're not in the medical field, just as someone who is used to watching sports and used to hearing about and seeing injuries and well, not seeing injuries, but hearing about injuries and seeing the recovery process as far as them not being there, it doesn't sound right. It doesn't feel right. It yeah. feels rushed. Yeah, I agree. Uh... But yeah, I still don't trust that offense, to be frank. I don't know what you're seeing that you like so much, but I'm not a fan. I guess I guess I'm just higher on the Denver offense than you are. You certainly are. I don't love Judy, I don't love Sutton. I still don't trust Russell Wilson. 
Uh, I mean, I like so I was, I sold them last year. I am not selling them this year. Yeah, I mean, we sort of disagreed last year with the Broncos, but I still had them third in the division in our projections. I'm pretty I sure I had them, them last. Yeah, I think so. I think I had them third, but it Did was they pretty finish close. Last? They finished yeah, last. Yeah, they finished they? last. Yeah. 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 So yeah, who's right about the Denver Broncos? Me. Turn yeah, around, baby. Fine. Turn around. None of us expected how bad they were, though. You had them last, but you didn't have me. them with the top Hi. five pick. Me. Hi. Over here. Yes, you I did. You didn't have them as a top five pick, though. Did I have them as a top five pick? Yeah, you didn't. Oh, I didn't. No. <laughs> we didn't so do projections did... last year. We did them this year. Oh, but we we shared we shared those with each other. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I still don't buy the Broncos. You seem to be to be sold on them. I don't think Sean will will work his magic here. Like, let's 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 clarify what sold is. Sold is not winning the division. Sold is finishing above five hundred or just below five hundred. That's what sold is in this case. But I do think the Denver offense will be better this year, miles, than it was last year. But I still think <laughs> Kansas City is Kansas City. The Chargers are the Chargers, and the Raiders are going to be dumpster fire. I mean, but last year it was a complete dumpster fire, though. It it doesn't mean a lot to be better than last year in, in the, the Broncos case, because that offense was like probably the worst in the league or close to the worst in the league. So yeah, you're not you're not taking a huge leap here going from like <laughs> worst to second worst, for example, or worst this to guy. average. It's not like I mean I just don't think the Broncos will, will reach the hypes uh, the the heights that they had when they traded for Wilson in my opinion. Oh no. But I think next season it will be it will be one of those years where it's basically like should we move on from Russ? Because it starts to be possible, I believe it's from either next year or the year after. It starts to become a possibility, cap-wise. Uh, and I think it's it's a card on the table, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I believe in that. So, we'll see. Uh, let's talk about the Seahawks and the Cowboys. And Will Greer has had generally a good preseason, and Drew, your boy Drew Locke had a great game. <laughs> I mean, Drew Locke is him, I guess. Drew Locke is him. Stop it. I actually have this, like, wild theory that I think Pete will actually want him to be the guy who takes the reins from Gino. I think he will keep him as the backup to Gino. Because Didn't Drew you say Locke's you thought guy. he was going to be the guy last year, though? No, no, I said it was Gino. That's why I, I bought Gino in a few places as well for, for fantasy football. Because oh, okay. I thought it would be Gino. But I mean, all of the reports seem to, and all of what I get from Pete, is that he really seems to be in on Drew Lock and like making Drew Lock a thing. So I wouldn't even be shocked <laughs> if he holds Drew Lock as the backup for like another season or two. And then maybe gives them a shot if they can't get Gino back or if they choose to like move on from Gino. I wouldn't actually be shocked if Drew Lock is the the starting QB for the Ox in like two, three years, assuming Pete stays. Uh and he had some talent coming out of college, just didn't pan out in the Broncos. 
for from all of the reports that I read back then, it also seems like he was a John, a, a John Snyder guy. So wouldn't shock me. So you think that that the 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 four D chess move is not to draft a quarterback; it's to make Drew Locke a quarterback. Yes, yes, sir. That's insane. <laughs> wouldn't you say it was insane to make Geno Smith a QB and not draft a QB? Yeah, yeah, no, that that was also insane too. But yeah. here's the thing: the Seahawks didn't have a top five pick, if I'm not mistaken, before Geno had his season. They had a top Gino, ten. Geno, huh? They had a top ten. It, I think it was the ninth pick overall. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm they trying to remember that Charles draft. Cross. They drafted who? Say it again. Charles Cross, the the tackle, oh yeah, the tackle, the tackle, yeah. yep. Which they kind of had to. They kind of had to invest in the offensive line. Just but regardless, Will Greer, uh, Jalen, my <laughs> Jalen Tolbert. Remember Jalen Tolbert? <laughs> yeah, Jalen Tolbert. Renaissance coming. Yeah, he was a thing last year. They thought, you know, there's no one else on this Cowboys team that can get receptions. Tolbert has to be the guy. Well, Tolbert got some stats in the preseason, four receptions, 66 yards. He seemed like to be at least Will Greer's guy. No. Yeah. They, they did lose the rookie, or the rookie linebacker, the Marvion Overshawn, which was a prospect that I really liked. I thought he would make an impact in this defense. And unfortunately, he tore his ACL, I believe. So, unfortunate news for him. Mm-hmm. Going over to the Bengals-Falcons. Wow, the Falcons' offense looks pretty good. Maybe we underestimated them. No. No. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. But uh, maybe we underestimate Tyler Haneke. Desmond Reader, 7 for 9, 80 yards with an interception. So they actually did start their starting quarterback. Bijan got a ridiculous carry, but he finished 4 for 20. And Taylor Heineke played most of the games. I still think there's no way that Desmond Ritter carries all these weapons that the Falcons have to relevancy, either in fantasy or in a real-life NFL offense. To be frank, it looks a bit better than I expected, but I still think Tyler Heineke will play quite a few games. But yeah. It seems like at least he's, he throws some halfway decent targets to Pitts. It was one of the better Pitts targets that I saw. And it's saying a lot because it was like pretty messed up ball. But I mean, he still seems to be peppering Drake Allman with targets. So I think the offense will be better than we are giving him credit for. I think it will be a decent offense. As I said, pretty Renati. But I think the passing game might be better than I was expecting, to be honest. My, uh, my, I guess my NFC team for now, the new, this year at least, the New Orleans Saints beat the Chargers. That Kendrick, game shouldn't have happened. That game shouldn't have happened. I mean, it was a tropical storm. And that is true. That is true. Why are you putting the players down there? They played like two practices already. Just like <laughs> abandon the game. Jesus. It the looks like the Chargers there. did. Easton Stick took every single snap from quarterback. He was their leading rusher. (laughs) So they kind of did say, you know, every one of importance, get out of 
<laughs> Did you see how many how many penalties the Saints took though? Uh no, but I can look at team stats right here and uh, I can tell you it was fourteen penalties for one hundred and forty one yards. Fourteen penalties? Yeah, it's insane, dude. And it's also it also yeah. happened the week prior. I mean, the coach, has, the coach Dennis Allen has told us he needs to be fixed. It needs to be fixed, but still, that's an insane number of penalties. It's fine. Wheels up. <laughs> Wheels up, Saints, baby. Jack, Jack Hayner is kind of like my number two to Aiden O'Connell as the sneaky QBs who could see some play. Just <laughs> keep an eye out for Jack Hayner. Let's see. Colts. Colts. Patriots beat Packers. He's happy. Took 22 snaps. Didn't they abandon the game as well because of the of the DB that went down? Was rushed to the hospital and so on? Yeah, I believe they did. Yeah, there was no scoring in the fourth, so at least on here. So I believe they they abandoned the game. I do think the the DB is now out of of He is. I do think that's That's really concerning how, you know, we've gone from, you know, what feels like our whole lives not having to, you know, end games prematurely because someone's life is on the line to now having that happen in two instances. I think that's really concerning and the NFL should really look into the player safety and something. Maybe they're freak accidents. I don't know, but it's really concerning that, you know, people who are performing on the field shouldn't have to worry about their lives on a yeah. football field. That's just that's just how I feel. Yeah. Isaiah Bolton was his name. Just wanted to mention it. Thank you. But yeah, really seems I mean scary scenes back there. Mm-hmm. But for, fortunately as well. Yeah, fortunate that he's he's fine now. Yes. Or he's receptive. Now. Doing better. Yes. Let's see. Did you see well, the the Chiefs Cardinals game? No, I did not. Oh my God, the Chiefs put the hurt on them, bro. The bro, the Cardinals are going to be bad. I know this is just preseason, but the Cardinals are going to be really, really bad. Shout out to to Isaiah Simmons who keeps being experimented in like one hundred different positions and still sucks in all of them. So and still sucks in all. Of them. Mad props to the dude. I mean, he looked like a, a massive weapon coming out of Clemson, being drafted top ten overall. I mean, like one of those theory, players. He he's six four and he runs like a four four something. So in theory, I mean, yeah. he, he in was a th- massive weapon coming out of Clemson. I mean, he was like one of those hybrid players who could play everywhere, but apparently mm-hmm. can play well anywhere. So <laughs> they have now started to playing him more as a a, a safety or a dime. Uh, to to mimic what he what he played like in Clemson, and it still went terrible in the preseason versus the Chiefs. So, really looks like a a missed pick there. Yeah, the the rookie though, Rashid Rice, eight Rashid Rice, cup. yeah, for ninety six yards. Oh looked yeah, the receiver good. for Kansas City. Yeah, yeah, looked pretty Kansas good. Too? Another a tiny bit of uh, yak, so yards after the catch, he made a pretty good catch, and then added some. Oh, well, Patrick Mahomes took catch. fifteen step backs. I did not expect that. Yeah, yeah, he played quite a bit in the first like two series or so. 
Oh my god, the Chiefs are just so freaking efficient. Outside of Patrick Mahomes, because I know like Patrick Mahomes is probably out there trying different stuff. Their backups had two incompletions. Like there were two attempts from their backup quarterbacks that didn't result in a completion of some kind. Yeah, but that's I mean, crazy. We see that. We see that whenever whenever Patas has gone down. Like it was Pat Any, I believe, the backup. And he also yes. he seems to perform well whenever Mahomes goes down. It really shows that the team is really built well, especially by coaching. That is true. Let's see. How the Bengals and Steelers. And well, that's actually something I don't know what we're gonna do for a fantasy episode. I know originally we pitched the top five sneaky offenses. That's an offense that a lot of people seem to be like this could be a good offense, this could be a good offense. Mm, I don't know. But they played good in this game, Kyle Allen versus Mitch Trubisky, but that could just be because Mitch Trubisky is a little bit better than Kyle Allen. But could there maybe be some running back controversy though? Oh, because of how good Jalen Warren's doing? I mean Jalen Warren is doing pretty well. Yeah, that makes He only had run. one carry for sixty two yards. Yeah, I for think yards. I th- yeah, exactly. I think Jalen Warren is going to take away so- from some of the touches from Najee this year, a lot more than people think. Yeah, and he was pretty effective last year in comparison to Najee, so I could really see something brewing here that it's closer to a 50-50 than people want to admit. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the Steelers, I don't know how I feel about it. We'll talk about that in the fantasy portion if we do that today. But the Steelers' offense, they do have a lot of weapons. I will say yeah. that. You wanted to talk about the Bengals? I was actually about to bring that up. Both Ohio teams, Thursday and Friday, tied with the Eagles and the Falcons. I mean, I'm, nev- I'm not concerned with the Bengals anymore because it seems like... Joe Burrow just has voodoo magic and just <laughs> like yeah. whatever he does works. <laughs> so, I yeah. mean, and it seems like the front office has found like this really good, like mixing of continually drafting defensive backs to make the secondary really scary to a lot of teams. So I, I have faith. The defense is going to be good. The offense is always going to be great. I'm not worried about the Bengals. I'm really not. And he seems to be doing better uh, than ever, yes. basically. I think it was the report that I saw. Better than, like, at this stage of the the offseason. He's now better than he was in all of the pre- previous offseasons. Which is weird with the ankle injury, but he has been injured, like, pretty much every offseason. Uh, so, encouraging signs. Yep. The Lions got the hurt put on him by the... Jaguars. Let's see. We thank Bigsby. Thank Bigsby looked pretty darn good. Oh look, Jamar Jefferson got some touches. But yes, Tank Bigsby did look really good for the Jaguars. Doug Peterson even mentioned that he will likely be a much bigger factor than they were expecting him to be, like around midseason or so. so. Oh, I thought he was. I thought he was going to get receiving work when. The work is even more. That's what really? I got from the quote, yeah. It will even be a 
bigger factor than they were expecting. So I don't know. I mean, that could be cool. Tank Bisbee is a very talented running back, so it could. They also have the that rookie QB with like a pretty pretty out yeah out there name. Uh, always reminds me of Mickey Rourke, um, <laughs> the the actor. Uh, but yeah, it looks good. But apparently, Doc Peterson has shut down the the talks that he will be QB two. So seems like someone who they will either have to carry as running back as QB three, or maybe have to lose because I don't see him being able to to stash him in the the practice squad after the the preseason showings. Yeah. So, let's see what else we got. I think we've talked about generally most of the preseason games. Is there any particular team you want to talk about, just out of curiosity? I mean, I just think the the Titans. Uh, apparently, Malik Willis has pretty firm grip on the backup QB job. Most, at least, I expected it to be Man. to be the rookie. Yeah, Will I'm sorry, Levis. but. But when you say Titans, all I hear is this. Like, the Titans are just a boring offense. They're just a boring offense to me. It's, let's get to Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry. Have you seen Derrick Henry enough? Like, it, it, it just feels like that, man. I mean, if you want to jump to another Cricket's offense, you can talk about Kyle Trask, who still seems to be... Kyle Trask and the Bucks. We're going to talk about the Bucks now. Let's get back. I mean... He's still on the on the heels of your of your guy Baker Mayfield. My and, guy, you think I think this team's gonna be good? I mean, you seem to like him pretty much. You seem to think like Mike Evans and that offense will be better than they will than I think they will be. You seem to think like Baker Mayfield is some, some sort of I don't know genius or so what. I don't know. You I seem mean, to be pretty sold on I, I think he'll take more risk than year like twenty-two Tom Brady, but that isn't saying much. Hmm. I don't know, man. Seems like Kyle Trask is making his case, and I mean, he can make my... the case. The offense is the offense still has the weapons to facilitate. It's just they don't have a quarterback to facilitate said weapons. So, I mean, if Kyle Trask beats Baker Mayfield, shouldn't you just retire though? It's probably for the better. <laughs> He's had a very interesting journey since his NFL career started. Yeah, I remember all the hype back then. Didn't last long. Didn't last long. And finally, just wanted to talk about my guy. Your guy. Uh, and one of the one of the, the teams that I don't think will be as 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 bad as you think they will be. But the Indianapolis Colts. They're gonna be tragic. Yeah, he's making his case to be the, the leading slot receiver there. Stop it. No, I don't know, man. Seems like they now they have JT back. AR is the, the starter. I don't know. Seems like it could be a team that surprises you. Here's what they're worried about with their slot wide receiver, the Indianapolis Colts. Are you ready? Yes. Can you block when JT rolls out? They can. That that's what that's what cuz I just don't see the 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 offense has to get better. I get that. But and the defense is going to get better. But 
I don't know. Is JT back back, by the way? You said JT was back. I don't think I've heard a report yeah. that he's back. It seems like he will be back. I believe our, the latest report that I that I heard was that he was going to travel with the team for the last, last preseason game. If uh, he's yeah. back, I don't think there'll be a dumpster fire, but I still don't think they'll be great. Yeah, it will be uh, JT to travel with the Colts to Philadelphia. The Indianapolis Colts running back Jonathan Taylor will travel with the team ahead of their preseason game with the Eagles. Hmm. So, he remains on the pup, but apparently it's still because of that ankle injury, but he appears to be to be okay to play. Doesn't seem like he will hold out. So how do you yeah. feel about this where it seems a lot more common? And granted, this was more because of having dual practices. But how do you feel about the NFL teams starting their starters less and less as the years are going on? Because it started, if I'm not mistaken, with Sean McVay, who basically sat all his starters for an entire preseason, two or three preseasons ago. And now we see it a lot more commonly now. How do you feel about that? I mean, I think it makes sense. The coaches want to to keep their guys healthy. And with the amount of practices, like game practices, type of practices that they run against other teams, uh, they get pretty much the same experience and probably run at the risk of a uh, run at less of a risk of injury. So it doesn't really doesn't really you don't really need to have your starters playing as much. In the in the preseason games, I do think we could see a pretty pretty good amount of starters playing in the last preseason game, just to get those like that rotation going. Especially because then they you will have a a week uh, off basically before the start of the season. So I think it makes sense. Uh, but yeah, it's natural. You just don't want to risk your guys, especially your best guys, uh, as rosters get tighter and tighter. There's really no point in doing so, and it can really hurt your whole season. Yeah, I generally agree. I know that the argument would be, you know, as a fan, you want to see the best players on the field, but at the same time, you know, you want your best players on the field for when games act- and records actually start mattering. Yeah, as, as a product, it loses some of the appeal. I haven't watched as many preseason games this year as I watched. Oh the years prior no uh but i mean if the nfl wants a better product they probably have to to open end of something there maybe give an extra week of rest or so on uh but without those changes i don't really see a point uh in the teams like in their coaches like throwing their guys out there to the wolves so it's natural but i mean i think it could change especially if the jury chip is down uh, for these games, I could see the NFL making changes in the schedules, having uh, either an extra an extra week of of rest or just shortening the preseason. Wouldn't shock me. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me as much either. So I mean, I don't know. I'm okay with the preseason being like, hey, let's showcase the backups on the NFL teams because honestly those players deserve playing time and ability to showcase their skills too and make their cases for being you know whatever bench spots or you know maybe in some cases even starters but I don't know. 
And I think it's you, a good thing. You have cases of that happening from time to time. I mean, we we have talked about Aiden O'Connell, who looked pretty good so far in the preseason, uh, and he's benefiting from that extra extra playing time. We have seen. Uh, I'm not mistaken. Brock Purdy had a good preseason last season. Yeah, Brock Purdy as well. Um, and I mean, you kind of see it all the time with those guys. I believe it was like defensive players, especially. You see a lot of those those defensive guys like taking a step forward. Uh, in the preseason with the the extra extra playing time um, I mean they make a name from themselves they get recognition and even if they don't make the team they at least have to, to show to other teams to make their their case to for the roster spot so yeah it's beneficial for those players it's not hyper beneficial for the product so that's why I, I think some changes might be coming I believe but that depends okay. on the viewership I mean that's that's our take and if the viewership isn't there, then it's it's changes because money talks, basically. I understand that, but football also isn't like basketball or baseball in the sense that, you know, there's another game in a few days. Football is 18 games, and if regardless of, you know, the players on the field... If it's a preseason game, you see the logos that you like, you're going to tune in. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to regular season, really doesn't matter. The NFL will still be king. It has sort of always yeah. been king. So when yeah. regular season comes, this is basically a mute point. But you just know that they, they like the audience at all times. They like to be the kings every every time, basically. Because, I mean, you could see like the drafts and so on usually do, do better numbers than most other sports events and it's mm. not even actual football it's just like events that they run you don't see for example the lottery uh doing numbers anything close or the even the nba draft doing numbers anything closer to what like the the nfl draft does i think we have to also show some appreciation to that think about the the absolutely niche things that you can be a part of being a fan of football Regardless of if you can make prop bets, you can bet on games, you can, if you want to delve into fantasy, you, there's daily fantasy, there's dynasty, there's redraft, there's, there's literally a fantasy league for high school, for people coming out of high school into college. Like there, it, that's really niche. The fact that those things can be supported just is an example of how big the NFL is. And it, I mean, it's a marketing effort in the end, and it's it's just a continuous work that has been done by plenty of commissions, uh, commissioners over the years uh, mm-hmm. that the NBA apparently hasn't been able to. I, for example, like I watch the NBA from time to time, but I don't follow them as nearly as much as I follow the NFL. And I wonder why like, that. Is. Why is that? As someone from Portugal. Someone who is international. Because when you think about international, I think about NBA before I think about NFL. And I would say that's accurate for most folks. Uh, in my case in specific, I, it's just a lot of games in the NBA. You have 81 or 80 games right now. 82. Uh, 82 games, yeah. 82 games. I mean, some of them quite literally don't seem to matter. I follow them for betting mostly because, for example, uh, the betting markets here in Portugal 
are very heavily leaned towards the basketball and the NBA. Uh, I basically don't have much of a choice NFL-wise. Uh, and the games being like 82 games instead of the 18 games that you have in the NFL. In the NFL, it seems like every game counts, basically. And in the NBA, it seems like a lot of games don't. And you, you see even from teams, teams tell you that by resting their guys and so on, uh, which you don't often see in the NFL. Unless That's it's fair. like last last week of the season, so to me, it's it's every game is much more impactful. So it has that sense of can't be missed. Well, with the NBA, I mean, I feel like I can miss games and watch the highlights because some games also start quite late. Uh, the games like from the West Coast and so on. Um, yes, the Lakers games start particularly late for I you. I mean, sometimes I have to wake up. Like for example, if I wake up at like six a.m., there's games finishing at around that time. So it's insane. Well, the, the NFL, even the games that start late, they don't start like super late. They don't start at 3 a.m. my time. They start at like 1. And I can at least catch the first half. And if it's a really good game that I really want to see, I'll make the extra effort to watch it all the way to the end, which doesn't really happen often in the, the NBA, especially for those, like the the West Coast games, I don't, I can't even be asked to to stay up. Because <laughs> I can't I just, even no, Yeah, because I I won't be up until like 6 a.m. when I have to wake up most of the times at around 8, sometimes at 6, so I basically won't sleep. Yeah, so it's it's another good point for, and this is is why I think the NFL marketing maybe isn't as good as, at least internationally, is as good as the NBA's, is the time frames of games. So where I am, NFL, most NFL games start at around 1 o'clock. That's like 6 o'clock for you. Yes. So the games start in a more accessible time, essentially everywhere. Yes. So well, the, the NBA, apart from like weekends and so on, usually doesn't start until like eight, nine my time. Uh, that's on the weekends. Uh, on the weekdays, it rarely starts before midnight. Hmm. And that's if you have like a, a whole slate of games throughout the week, of course, not going to be able to keep up with all of them, uh, especially like in simultaneously. And the, they they also seem to miss like that. Like one of the the great inventions of the NFL was the the NFL Red Zone. It's like it's one of the big pluses, and the NBA doesn't seem to have something like that. Especially, but because, how do like, you have that? How yeah, can you have that's... that in the NBA? Because in yeah. the NFL, it's like you get to a destination. In the NBA, that destination is there every single play. You can't be like, okay, LeBron James is within 10 10 meters of the hoop. That's not going to work. He's always within 10 meters of the hoop. Yeah, yeah, that that would be my point because, like, it's I think it's impossible for the NFL to have a to the NBA to have a similar product. But yeah. it's it's one of the big pluses of the NFL. And apart from like watching my team or so on, I always have it on the red zone. And as I said. There's a much more sense of urgency. The starting times seem to be better. And I don't know. It's, I think overall in Portugal, I think, especially because we have a Portuguese NBA player, player uh, which is with the Kings, I believe. Uh, he played with the G League team. It, it is Namias Keta. Uh, and he played with the G League Kings. And now he's going to play with the starting, uh, with the like prime principal team, the, the actual Kings, not the G League affiliate. You're going to make the roster? Yeah, I believe so. I believe so, yeah. Uh, so, of course, there's 
there's that like big jump towards starting to watch the NFL more and more because there's there's one of ours in there, which isn't the case with the NFL. So I think you you have lesser numbers for the NFL, but I just think it's more enjoyable, at least to me and to a few more black guys that I know. Uh, they seem to be more into the NFL than the NBA. To me, it's just those points. It's the the sense of urgency, the better times to start, and especially to end. Uh, like ending at 6 a.m. to me, it's unfathomable. So yeah, those are probably it. Uh, I like the NBA. I don't like it nearly as much. Uh, also, like the games, they seem to be a bit longer, the, the NBA games. And there's like some really bad parts because of the subs and so on that happens. While with the NFL, you always have the starters on, basically, especially uh, not when it's a blowout or so on. But for most of the games, you always have the starters on. While with the NBA, you have those periods where the subs rotate in. So, yeah, I think those are basically my main points why I prefer the NFL. Well, that's fair. That's an interesting discussion to talk about the yeah. difference. Should... Should reinforce though that the NBA is, is probably king in Portugal of the American sports. But so that's, this is just my scenario. Right, that's your scenario. But that's also another thing that it's harder to get good overseas talent to come to the NFL because I don't is there is there even football out there? There is basketball. Yeah. And that's the thing. Yeah. You guys play can play basketball from a young age. Can you play American football? You I don't think you can play American football at a young age, but there is an American football year in Portugal. Uh, it's fairly recent. It has less than 20 years, I believe. I believe it has around 15, if not mistaken. Uh, it's very niche, I would think. I don't usually follow it a lot, but some of our commentators here in Portugal usually train the teams and are involved with the team somewhat. So, And I think it's starting to to take off a bit more in Portugal because now you have some some extra content you because uh, the network that acquired it that acquired like the rights to transmit it is investing much more in it so they are making like podcasts about it they are uh like doing a lot more on twitter and so on to reach like the younger audience audiences and telling them that there's the games there they are also dynamite uh, like showing off the, the Portuguese league and so on. So I think you could really see a takeoff here in Portugal as well. Wouldn't shock me if you have like a talent or two that start to really make waves and maybe find their way into the NFL as the NFL like runs their, their international program. So and I think, I think that's the key. The representation yeah. is the key. Having yeah, the players from the others. Yeah, I think it's a developing scene here. It's still not at its, re at its peak. But I think it, it can get there because the, the network that now transmits the, the league is doing much more than the previous network, in my opinion. Hmm. And that is how the NFL plans on expanding. Yeah. So I think that's good for this episode. If you have gotten this far, thank you so much. Um, welcome to season two. I... I'm not really surprised that we got here, but I am happy that we're here. We're not to the destination that I think all of us want to be, but we're on the road. And that's and sometimes you just got to enjoy the journey. You know what I mean? So if you haven't, check out the basketball podcast that drops every Sunday. There will be a donation 
box that you can click now if that tickles your fancy. Austin is doing the socials, and you guys generally know what to do. Subscribe. Check our stuff out. Thank you guys so much for listening, and have a wonderful day. Alex, you want to sign us off? Have a good one, guys. There you go, buddy.